Well, I hate to cut you off. I love the greeting, but welcome. Happy New Year. If you are in the room, you look fantastic. I haven't seen you since last year, so I'm just going to take in this moment. If you're online, super glad to have you wherever you are connected. I need you to do me a favor as we start this morning. Take your right hand and raise it with me, even if you're sitting on your couch, and give yourself a huge pat on the back. Here's why. If you're here this Sunday, you can honestly say you've been to church every Sunday this year. Wow. Pat your neighbor on the back. Y'all are incredible. I made that joke when I preached last New Year's Sunday, and I'm going to do it every year that I get this opportunity. (laughs) But Pastor Jim let us know it's a new year, 2022. It's a new message series. We're going through the book of Joshua. Now, Joshua marked a time in Israelite history where they were about to experience a lot of new. They were parked on the edge of the desert in view of the promised land. They were about to enter into a new land. Not only that, they were going to do it under a new leader. Anybody guess who that leader was? If you said Joshua, you are right. But I imagine if you're an Israelite, this is a bit scary. Why? Not only are you about to step into a new land with a new leader, but you've actually never been there before. You've heard about this promised land. You've heard it's a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, it's a land of great promise. But on the other hand, you've heard it's a land filled with giants and fortified cities. You've been told it's a land that devours everything and everyone in it a bit scary. This is a step into the unknown. It's a step of faith. It's going to require some courage. So this morning we start the message series in Joshua chapter 1 with a focus on courage. Now, I have to admit before we start, this passage is a bit of a personal one, even a bit of an emotional one for me and my family. Reason being in 2008, Pastor Jim preached from this text. He spoke of how it would take a step of faith for the Israelites to step into the new ahead of them. And he asked, what's that step of faith you might have to take? My parents sat in that service and it stirred their faith. And that message is the reason I have two of my brothers. Fast forward two years later, I'm starting my first day of high school and my parents weren't there. I was actually living with the Manises and sleeping in Micah's bedroom. (laughs) My parents weren't there not because they didn't care about me, but because they were on a plane flying overseas to Moscow, Russia to adopt two orphan boys. They had a problem though. When they landed, one of the boys was younger, the other one was 12 years old, which in Russia is the legal age where you get to make a decision if you want to be adopted or not. And CJ, the one on the left here, he decided five days before the court date that no, he didn't want to be adopted. So when I think of the Israelites in this moment, I think of my brother CJ. Here's why. Imagine being a 12-year-old and having to process entering into a new country with a new family where you don't speak the language and it's a new culture, and new foods, and you don't know. It's so much unknown. That's a lot for a 12-year-old to process. On top of that, he actually had good reason for saying no. 
CJ had gone through the process with another adoptive family prior to my parents. He had met them and grown emotionally attached and bonded, and then the adoption process fell apart, and his heart was broken, and seeds of doubt and distrust were sown within him. Not only that, there's a rumor in Russia that Americans only adopt Russian children to harvest their organs. There's a lie that parents only adopt Russian kids for their body parts. In fact, my parents had to get x-rayed not once but twice to make sure they had all of their organs in the adoption process. So CJ had heard this from his teachers and his friends. Imagine, new land, new family, new country, and you don't even know if you'll make it out alive. This is a lot of unknown. So it gets to the court date. The paperwork's been processed. Tens of thousands of dollars have been spent. There's a flight that's been purchased for CJ. There's a bedroom that's been set up. And my parents don't know if he'll say yes. It takes courage to walk into the new. It's going to take courage this year for you to walk into the unknown. And I don't know what this year will hold for you. Lori was right. But I do know it's going to take some courage. It's going to take some guts. It's going to take some Holy Spirit confidence to walk into whatever's ahead of you. And I know that because I know God. And our God is not the God of our comfort zones. <laughs> some of you are nodding your head because you've experienced that. Think about Peter. Peter's in a boat on a storm. And Jesus comes walking on the waves and he says, Peter, come to me. And Peter knows full well that he can't swim in that storm. Following Jesus, taking a step toward Jesus for Peter is him stepping out way beyond his ability. Sometimes when you follow God, he's going to call you out beyond your ability. Think about Abraham. God speaks to him and says, go to the land I will show you. Wait, where? There's no map. There's no GPS. Sometimes when God calls you, he'll call you out beyond your knowledge of how the situation will work out. You might not know how it will work out or if it will work out. But following Jesus is not a call to comfort, it's a call to courage. So open your Bibles with me to Joshua chapter one. As we start this text to set it up, the Israelites have been wandering in the desert for 40 years. They've just stepped out of slavery in Egypt under the leadership of a man named Moses. Now, God had called Moses supernaturally. He led the Israelites out of slavery. God used Moses to confront an Egyptian king. God used Moses to perform a series of plagues against the Egyptians. God used Moses to split a sea in two in fact, when they were in the desert, God used Moses to call down manna and quail from heaven, to bring water forth from a rock. And there was even one time where Moses went up on a mountain. He met with God. When he came back down from the mountain, the scripture says his face was radiant. It was shining so much so that the people couldn't even look at him. And he had to put a veil over his face. This is quite a leader. This is where we enter into the story. Joshua chapter one. The Lord speaks to Joshua 
It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses A, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. This is the reality of the situation God is laying out. Parked on the edge of the promised land, and he says to Joshua, there's nobody in the driver's seat. It's you, buddy. Step up. But not only is Joshua to step up, there is immediately an obstacle ahead of him. There is a river, and there is no boat, and there is no bridge. How is this going to work out? This is going to take some courage. I wonder how Joshua felt. I imagine he's feeling incredibly sad from losing his friend and mentor. I wonder if he felt any measure of anxiety within himself at the weight of leadership being transferred onto his shoulders. I wonder if he felt a bit overwhelmed at the size of the obstacles ahead of him. Maybe there was some comparison or even doubt. Could the Lord really work in and through me like he did through Moses? And God's response to Joshua's emotions is not very comforting. Moses is dead. And then he basically says, keep moving. This is not five great words of courage for Joshua. It might even seem like blunt or like God is being insensitive, like he doesn't have any empathy. Now, I relate to this. Any of you know what the Strengths Finder test is? A few of you? It's a test where you answer an extensive series of questions and it gives you your strengths. It ranks all of these things from one to 32 with one being your greatest strength. Now, can any of you guess where empathy fell for me on the Strengths Finder test? It's not number one, it was number 32. I have no empathy, which by the way is not good when you work in a church, but the Lord uses me anyways. <laughs> and Allison's empathy is actually very high, but I relate to this verse. It's not that I don't have any empathy. It's not that I don't care about you and what you're going through. Rather, I care so much that I don't wanna see you stay stuck there. So my brain immediately jumps to solutions. How can I move this person from here to here? It's not that God doesn't have empathy. It's not that he doesn't care what Joshua's feeling or going through. Rather, he had been preparing Joshua for this. In the scripture, we learn another thing about Joshua. It says, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses aid. Joshua had spent the last 40 years as Moses' right-hand man. Imagine during that time the incredible leadership lessons that Joshua would have learned as he watched Moses lead a previously enslaved people group through a desert. Imagine the faith that would have been stirred up with him. Like, sure, there's a river in front of us now, but man, I watched God part the last body of water through Moses. He's filled with faith. Not only that, he's actually been into the promised land before. He's one of only 12 Israelites sent to scope out and spy out the land. And he's one of only two, Joshua and Caleb, who actually brought a good report. But here's the thing. If Joshua would have focused 
only on what God did through Moses, he would have missed what God wanted to do through him. So if we're gonna walk into the new, the unknown this year, if we're gonna walk in courage, here's the truth, we've gotta move beyond the past. You can't move forward while you're looking back. Don't believe me? Try and drive down the highway going 70 or 80 only looking in your rearview mirror. You're gonna crash. Actually, don't do that. I want you to meet Jesus, but just not today. <laughs> but you can't move forward while you're looking back. And the Israelites know this. God had set them free from Egyptian slavery, but it didn't take long before they started to say, we had it so much better back there. There's a time where they get seriously hangry and they start to sound like some of your toddlers when they miss their nap time. Listen to what they say in Exodus 16. The Israelites in the desert say, if only we had died by the Lord's hand, where? In Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you, Moses, have brought us into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. They sound like a big lot of whining crybabies, don't they? But before we point the finger, let me turn the mirror and remind you that they are in a desert with no food. I would get hangry too. Some of you would too. By the way, don't tell me you've never done this. Many of us go to our refrigerators and open the door and see a refrigerator filled with food and say these words, I have nothing to eat. And we get hangry. So before we point the finger at the Israelites, I think it maybe is justified that they're a little upset. And God is so gracious. He hears their complaint and he rains down this bread from heaven and they collect it and they go, I don't even know what this is. I'm gonna call it manna. And they eat and there's supernatural provision in a wasteland. But it doesn't take long before they start to complain again, before the supernatural becomes the mundane. And they say, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in where? Egypt, at no cost. Also the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic, the Chick-fil-A, but now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. And God is so gracious. He provides quail for them. They fly down to their doorsteps. They have meat to eat. This is the original Uber Eats, but it doesn't take long before they start to complain again. And this time in Numbers 14, they say, if only we had died, where? In Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. What was happening is they were so focused on Egypt behind them that they were unable to move into the promised land ahead of them. And what happened is they took a journey that should have taken days and they made it into a journey that took decades. But we don't ever do this. <laughs> no, this never happens to us, does it? Friends, let me tell you with all the zero empathy in my body, some of you are so fixated on the past that you don't even see 
there is a God-ordained future that lies ahead of you. To some, it sounds like, oh, I peaked back in high school, back when I had that great arm or those great legs, or I peaked back in college, back when I had all that potential. To others, it sounds like, oh, back in my glory days, back when I made that deal, back when I made, you know, broke that record. But can I tell you, you never peak with Jesus. Your glory days, friend, are a lie from the enemy. Why? Because with Jesus, your best days are not behind you. No, your best days are always ahead of you. When you're following God, you go from glory to glory. And even with your last breath, there is a more glorious day ahead for the Christ follower. Your best days are not behind. You got to move beyond the past. There is a glorious future ahead. Moses is dead. Keep moving. But Moses was such a great leader. Yes, he was. Keep moving. But that was such a great relationship. Yeah, it was. And it's going to take courage for you to move ahead into the future. That was such a great accomplishment. Yes, it was. But friend, there's better ahead of you than what lies behind. Amen? You can't stay in the past. God's plan for you is not in the past. It's in the future. And some of us struggle to move forward, not because the past was so great, but because it wasn't. Some of us are stuck in dysfunction. This is what happened with the Israelites. They had spent so many years enslaved in Egypt that now that they were free... They become comfortable with their slavery. I think it's funny when they're complaining about the food to eat. Back to Numbers 11, they say, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt. Listen to this, at no cost. What do you mean at no cost? What about the cost of your freedom? That's a pretty high cost to pay for some fish. But they had become so used to being slaves, they didn't even see it anymore. And now that they were free in person, they were still enslaved in their minds. Can I be honest with you for a minute? This last few years has been incredibly tough. The COVID pandemic has wreaked havoc on our society, our communities. Many of us have lost loved ones, myself included, friends, family members, some your partners of a long time. Others, over these past years, you've lost your incomes, your jobs, your businesses, maybe your dreams. And for some, this continues to be a very real present reality. And if that's the case for you, we are here for you as a church. Please reach out. But I've watched as for most, COVID has left their body, but it hasn't left their mind. I've watched as the effects of COVID have lingered physic, not physically, but they've lingered mentally and spiritually. Here's the word for you. Don't allow COVID to enslave you to your past. There's a promise ahead of you, friend. Timothy would tell you this, God has not given you a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. Moses is dead, yeah. 
You gotta keep moving, friend. You can't live in your past hardships either. And for some of you, what's in the past is a result of a messed up childhood. It's not your fault that you have baggage that you've carried into the future. Maybe this is the new year for you where you find a spirit-filled counselor and you start sorting through some of that junk so you can move into all that God has ahead for you. For some of you, what's in the past is a broken relationship. In this new year, you're gonna have to extend forgiveness to someone who really doesn't deserve it. Maybe what's in the past for you is a really bad decision. You messed up. This new year, friend, you need to understand the power of the cross. That when Jesus died for you, the scripture says he wiped away your sins. You are a new creation. You have been made as white as snow. And the Bible says who the sun sets free is what? Free indeed. You can't live in your past. There's too much ahead. You gotta keep moving. If we're to walk in courage this year, if we're to step into the new, we gotta move beyond the past and we gotta move into the promise. God continues speaking to Joshua and he says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. God gives Joshua two promises specific to the Israelites. He's gonna give them land and he's gonna give them victory. No one will be able to stand against them, but here's the thing. It doesn't say they won't try. The promised land does not come without obstacles. And Joshua would have remembered full well 39 years earlier, when he and 11 other Israelites went in to spy and scout out the land, he would have remembered the great enemies that were in the land. Although 12 of them agreed that this land was good, only two, Joshua and Caleb, said that they should go for it. Why? On account of the size of the enemies, the other two, 10 said this. Numbers 14, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. They go on in verse 31. They said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they'd explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw are of great size. They go on to say, we are like grasshoppers compared to them. We can't go there. You ever felt that way? You know that God has a great promise for your life, but you just can't see how you could ever step into it on account of the size of the obstacles ahead of you. Back in 2015, I was working for this church. In fact, I'd only been working for this church for two weeks. I had taken a job leading worship and doing tech when Allison, my now wife, and I were approached and asked if we would take on the college ministry. It was called Kairos. Some of you remember that. That's me with my long hair. 
Nod your head if you think I should grow it back. <laughs> My wife says, when I can grow a full beard, I can grow it back, which I don't think is fair, but trusting the promises ahead, right? <laughs> but we, I remember us going, man, this is such a great promise from the Lord. We're gonna bring revival to Grand Valley's campus. God is gonna use us incredibly. Man, there were some obstacles though. There were some challenges we didn't see how we'd get past. First one was, neither of us went to Grand Valley. In fact, I had done one year of Bible college and I studied worship leadership. Like I could play some chords and sing some songs. I couldn't preach, I couldn't lead. Allison didn't go to college at all. She'd only been a Christian for a couple of years. God, how is this gonna work out? It took some courage. But we took a step of faith and said yes. And the result of that year in college ministry was we saw people get baptized. We saw the ministry grow. We saw eternities change. We saw the suicidal redeemed. We saw God grow us in our calling. But it took a step of courage. Can I tell you again, the promised land doesn't come without obstacles. God might have promised you victory, but it doesn't come without a fight. It doesn't mean there's no enemies. In the Israelites, here they stand, a promised land ahead, but filled with enemies. And some of you, you've got a promise of God on your life. Oh my word. You have a call from the Lord, but you've been holding back because you don't think you have what it takes. And can I tell you, friend, whoever I'm talking to, you don't have what it takes. You actually don't. And this is how God works. The scripture tells us God uses the foolish things of the world. Why? Because when you are weak, then his power is displayed. If you don't think you have what it takes, friend, you are in good company. Think about Abraham. Receives a call from the Lord, but he's too old. What about Zacchaeus? He's too short. What about the disciples? They're too uneducated. What about Samson? He's too blind. What about Lazarus? He's too dead. What's God calling you to do? Your promise this new year, it might be on the other side of a step of faith. You walking into your promise might take a courageous act of obedience. But here's the good news. You might not have what it takes, but God will be with you. If we're to walk in the new, if we're to walk in courage this year, you gotta recognize God's presence. The Lord goes on and he speaks these words to Joshua. He encourages him. He puts courage into Joshua. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I don't know about you, but I would take God's presence over my ability any day. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. That's the first time. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. That's the second time. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful, the Lord says. Have I not commanded you? The third time. Be strong 
and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Can I take you back to that courtroom in Moscow? My parents sitting there in front of the judge with two prospective sons in front of them, one about to make possibly the biggest decision of his life, and they didn't know what he would say. And so they're sitting on the edge of their seats. They'd spent the last five days doing everything they could, bonding, trying to build relationship, playing games, giving gifts, trying to make memories in hopes that he might say yes. But there was no guarantee. So they were sitting on the edge of their seats, holding their breath, hoping and praying, people across the ocean interceding for this moment and for what CJ might say. And can I tell you, they had no ability to affect the outcome of this situation, none. There was nothing they could do to force CJ to say yes. But friend, your courage in this new season does not come from your ability. It comes from God's presence. And who knows that the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The same God who was with them here in Ellendale, Michigan, when Pastor Jim preached that message and faith was stirred in them to take this step and to adopt these boys is the same God who was with them in that courtroom in Moscow. The same God who was with CJ in what might be his greatest fear his greatest step into the unknown, and he's the same God who is with you wherever you go. And so CJ said yes, he took a step of faith, and he agreed to come with this family to America. And his name was changed from Sergei Emilianov to Cooper Joshua Stevens, CJ. Based on that verse from Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You stand with me. I don't know what this year will hold for you. I don't know what unknown may lie in front of you. Here's what I know. It's gonna take courage to move beyond the past for some, it's been hard, but the promise ahead is greater than the pain behind. For others, man, your past was great. Friend, your glory days are not behind you. The best is ahead of you. I don't know what this new year is going to hold, but I know it's going to take courage to move into the promise. But can I tell you, your God is bigger than your greatest obstacle. And for others, it's going to take courage, man, to recognize God's presence. He'll be with you wherever you go. For some, maybe the step you need to take this new year is to invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life, to step into relationship with him. And let me tell you, I cannot think of a better way to start this new year. I can't think of a better decision you could make. If that's you in this moment, hear the words of Romans 10, 9. If anyone confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that the Lord, Jesus is Lord, he will be saved. Don't miss this moment to start the new year in a new relationship with Jesus. 
As I was preparing this message, I felt really strongly that for some of you, maybe just one even, that step of courage into the unknown that you're gonna make is picking up the phone and calling someone who you've held a grudge against for years and years and years. Can I tell you, it's gonna take courage to break the bonds of bitterness. But this new year, don't let it slip by without showing the love of Jesus. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads with me? Jesus, I thank you that because of you, we can have courage, not based on our own abilities, God, not based on our own strength, not our own wisdom or our plans for the future, but rather based on your presence. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the one with us wherever we go, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even there, God, you are with us. So I pray over this year, 2022, I pray blessing, Lord Jesus. But more so than that, I pray courage to follow you wherever you lead, into prosperity or into hardship. I pray courage over everyone under the sound of my voice. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we know that with you, the best is ahead. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen, amen.